Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at Mike Roth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Brad Cates of ProSource. Thanks for joining me, Brad. Thanks, Mike. Before we get started, I'll tell everyone what's coming up next. We had a a last-minute change for tomorrow's show. We're going to have an architectural uh, construction company, Childress & Cunningham, is going to be on the show. And next week, we're going to have, on Thursday, Zachary Green of MN8 Firefox. They are a startup company that raised more than a million dollars to sell equipment, safety equipment to firefighters so they don't get lost or disoriented in a fire scene. We have an interesting guy coming up uh, on June 20th, Sean Fox from Schooley Mitchell Telecom Consultants. What they do is they go into companies, analyze their total telecom expenses, and as a consultant, they're paid on a percentage of the savings basis. So I thought that would be an interesting show. And on June 27th, we have uh, Wendell Bell, from Enerfab. He's the uh, CEO of that company. Okay. At Sandler, we have our uh, one-day cold call camp coming up on the 29th. That's for salespeople who want to get in front of prospects, uh, get the contact on the phone, get by the gatekeeper, build three solid scripts for the contact, uh, at least five different methods to break other people's voicemail so they have to call you back. That's all day on the 29th. And if you're interested in Coming to that program, call Carmen at 513-753-9400, extension 106. Mention that you heard about it on the show, and she'll give you a special radio discount. Brad, again, thanks for joining us here today. Thanks for having me, Mike. You're the CEO and president of ProSource, an old Cincinnati company. Right. You're responsible for all elements of strategy and planning, execution, marketing for the ProSource Company, which is a leading office technology provider. You joined the company in November of 2012, so you're not there a year yet. Yep, six months. Six months. Six months in. Okay. You started on an aggressive growth plan focused on gaining market share, new solutions, and expansion into new markets. We'll have to talk a little bit about what that means a little bit later. At ProSource, the strategy of growth is a customer intimate business model and deep commitment to focus on companies' significant resources, talents, and capabilities to deliver impact and exceed customer expectations every day. Maybe, Brad, in your own words, you can tell us what you did before you came to ProSource. Well, before joining ProSource, I was at uh, Standard Register, and I spent about 18 years at Standard Register in about 11 different roles, really spent most of my career there. Most recently, I was president of their healthcare business. Mm -hmm. So we, before doing that, I was over sales and marketing for the corporation, and about five years ago, Standard Register split into a couple of different businesses, split off a couple of different businesses. The healthcare business was a predominantly software and services business, kind of a national healthcare business that we were uh, in the process of uh, transforming and growing. So I had a, had a good run there, had a great run at Standard Register, but made the leap over to ProSource about six months ago. Mm-hmm. And as an undergraduate, you were a, a journalism major? Yeah, journalism and business. And business, okay. Yeah. And you have a, I don't know how much I use that now. but uh. Uh, A lot of us don't use much of it. <laughs> yeah. As an yeah. undergraduate, I was a, an electrical engineer and a, and a business and marketing major. Okay. The world's a much better place since, since I never designed any radios. <laughs> you, you have an MBA from Kennesaw State University. Where is that? It's in Atlanta. In Atlanta. Yeah. Northern, right? Did it while I was working down in Atlanta. Okay. And you're a member of the Young Presidents Organization? Yes. And you participate in several private and nonprofit boards, including crayons to uh, classrooms in Dayton, uh, Camp Joy in Cincinnati. Uh, you reside in Centerville. Uh, you married. Your wife is Kate, and you have four children. Yep. Keeps you busy. Yep. Four children, 13, 10, tw- uh, 13 12, 10, and, and uh, just turned three. So keeps us real busy. Good. <laughs> Good. 
we'll encourage you to join the downtown Cincinnati Rotary Club. <laughs> okay. Where uh, we don't have any representation on a regular basis from anyone in your industry. Okay. Computer companies, yes. Duplicating companies, no. Although we do have members, they never show up. <laughs> hey, it's public information. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the history of ProSource and how you got to, how ProSource as a company got to where it is? Well, ProSource was started in 85, 1985 by David Russert. And it's, so it's a second, second generation family business. Ben Russert now owns the company and is chairman of the, of the, of the company. Over the last 28 years or so, it's really grown into a tri-state leader. You know, their core business has, has been, uh, office equipment. So multifunction devices, copiers, printers, and services and programs tied to those things and has really, uh, done, done a, done a really good job over the years of building out very strong customer relationships and providing really high levels of service. So they've been able to continuously grow the business over the years. Ben and I got to be friends over the last couple of years and we're talk, have talked a lot about business and decided it would be, uh, you know, great to uh, come together and really kind of lead the next generation of growth for the for the company. And we have a, a very aggressive uh, five-year plan, like you said, to not only expand the solution set for our customers, but also to move into new geographic territories. Mm-hmm. How many cities do you actually operate in now in the right, region? Right now, our, our primary market is, is the 33-county area, so Ohio, uh, parts of Indiana, parts of Kentucky. But we do have plans to move more aggressively across the Midwest. Okay. Certainly, ProSource has been a, a one of the dominant players in, in our in your industry over the past uh, 20 years that I've been here. How do you go to market now? We have a 40-person direct sales organization, so predominantly direct sales. Mm-hmm. We complement that um, with, with 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 strong marketing and demand generation as well. We uh, I would say probably one of one of our biggest focus areas is referral selling. You know, leveraging the great relationships we have with our 5,000 customers to get access to new customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we do the right things every day uh, on, on behalf of our customers, do a little more than what, always do a little more than what we say we're going to do. We, we know that they'll reward us by uh, referrals and turning us on to new business. And that's always been a real source of leads and business development for the company over the years. Mm-hmm. And is that, that working for most of your 40 salespeople? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It absolutely is. We have, you know, Obviously, different different uh, levels of sales folks in the organization. Every everything from you know folks just getting into sales and very new to the industry and and, and new to the to the craft, mm-hmm. all the way to folks you know strategic account executives who've who've sold for a long time and are incredibly good at what they do and have built up a very nice base of business. So, so yes. but but the whole the whole notion of leveraging our most important asset, which is our customers to continue to grow the business and and move into new you know engage with, with with new customers is definitely something that we're always always looking to do. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you have at least two teams, a team for major accounts, uh seasoned sales executives and a, a team that brings in new accounts. We do. We do. We have you know, really three tiers of sales reps based on the the tenure and 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 kind of the amount of time they've been on board, the training they have, and the book of business that they that they manage and carry. We also have specialization in the business as the business has grown and developed, and we've added new solution sets, new offerings. We have specialists in the business that just focus on those areas. What would be an example of a specialist? Like we we recently acquired a technology services firm, managed IT services firm called Infotech. Really good, really great business uh, based in Westchester. We announced the acquisition about a month ago, and so now we have a full suite of technology services that we can offer our clients in addition to the office equipment that we do and the uh, and the document automation solutions that we provide. So we we have what we call virtual CIOs in the in the uh, in the infotech business. So virtual chief information officers exactly for where, smaller companies where they can go into small and mid-sized companies and, and perform that CIO role without a company having to put a massive investment and they can get access to best-in-class technology, kind of thought leadership from a technology perspective and kind of best practice capabilities without a massive investment in IT. That would be an example of specialization that we do. We have the same thing for our software business, which is a really a document automation solution business where you go in and take complex workflows and you know, real paper-intensive manual processes, mm-hmm. whether it's an AP or HR, and convert them to kind of automated, electronic, uh, streamlined processes. We have specialists that do that all day, every day as well, 
and their, their, their resources really to our, to our sales organization that they can bring in to uh, really specialize in a specific area and bring expertise to the customers. Okay. Why do you think people continue to buy from you, and uh, why do new people buy from, from Prosos when there are obviously other solutions in the marketplace? Yeah, it's a great question. When I first came on board back in November, I spent about two months almost exclusively going out and talking to customers. Spent a lot of time going out and talking to many of our customers and asking that exact same question. And I, I would they they pointed to a number of different things, but the 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 biggest thing was definitely our ability to go in, kind of get a deep understanding of their of 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 their business. You know, customize a solution, not come in with a cookie cutter solution. Customize a solution based on what they're looking to accomplish. And really measure our success based upon the impact we deliver to them, measure our success based upon their success. That kind of customer centric, uh, approach to going in and solving their problems was definitely kind of why they chose to do business with us on the front end. Mm -hmm. That's why they originally would select us. The reason they stayed with us was absolutely our service across the board. And I don't mean this to be an infomercial for ProSource, but almost across the board when I would ask, why are you with us still? You know, why haven't you left us? Why, why do you do business with ProSource? The reason why they stay, uh, and we have really high retention rates, is because of the service that we provide. Mm -hmm. That's I'm, the primary differentiator. Approximately how many service personnel do you have in the, in the market? We have about 20. Okay. That's, that's a lot of people. Yep. Yep. Good. Do you think you can put in a few words what your unique market advantage is? I would say a couple of things. One, like I said, kind of our, our deep understanding of our customers and, and the markets that they're in. You know, so really understanding their business would be one, not going in with a cookie cutter approach. Our strong track record of results, our mm -hmm. strong track record of success, like I said earlier with the referral selling, that's definitely something, whether it's through referrals or testimonials, re really being able to prove that we've done it before and can mm -hmm. deliver. Um, that's a big one. And I would say the third is definitely our, our industry leading service and support. And that's why, that's why clients stay with us. And that's really what the company is all about at its core. I will say also, as we've as we've grown, as we've expanded, we've made a number of acquisitions over the last couple of years that have really expanded the solution set. So now we can go in and talk to a mid-sized business, not just about office equipment, but about their overall technology strategy and really offer more, you know, broader solutions and more impact to their business. Good. So that really has helped us. After we take a short commercial break here, we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, some of these past acquisitions. Great. Now we'll listen to a couple of sandwiches. Company owners and sales managers, are you tired of cutting your price to get the deal? Wouldn't you like to have a better way? Wouldn't you want to improve your margins? Call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523 to see if there's a better way for you. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. Many salespeople tell us business was really easy. They likened it to gathering fruit in an orchard full of ripe trees. They gathered the low-hanging fruit. They had to get baskets to pick up the fruit that was already fallen. They never had to climb a tree. They worked this way for 10 or 15 years. Given the strong economy, this was no problem. What are we hearing now? The economy has slowed down. Salespeople are competing on price. There's still business now, but salespeople have to work harder. The fruit has not fallen from the tree, and there's no low-hanging fruit. The fruit is there, but it's higher up in the tree. The problem is, their salespeople have forgotten how to climb. Do your salespeople know how to climb? If you or your team needs to learn how to climb through and up out of tough economic times, call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523 or check our website at rothconsulting.net. When you hear about a typical sales training program, does it usually involve a one- or two-day seminar where some alleged guru passes down what he claims are the secrets to making sales? At Roth & Associates, I'm the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. We recognize that truisms and motivating speeches aren't enough to arm sales teams with the tools they need for success. Sales is a hard business. Typical sales training can only provide typical and disappointing results. At Roth & Associates, we use the Sandler methodology of continual reinforcement and ongoing training seminars along with individual coaching to ensure victory in the world of sales. We've been doing it here in Cincinnati for over 15 years. You won't fail because I won't let you. Roth & Associates, 513-646-6523. 513-646-6523. On the web at rothconsulting.net. Finding power in reinforcement. 
This is Mike Roth and Brad Cates. Brad, before we took the commercial break, we were talking a little bit about acquisitions, about the last one, which was an IT company. Uh, what other companies has ProSource acquired in the past? You know, the, the acquisition strategy at ProSource, we have really kind of a two-tier strategy. One is and it, it's all centered around how can we bring more impact to our customers and how can we get access to new customers mm-hmm. and, and new new markets. So the, uh, the, the acquisition strategy is one part. Uh, focused on um, bringing in new technologies, new solutions into the portfolio, mm-hmm. so that we can have you know deliver more impact to the, to the clients. Uh, and the, the Infotech, the the technology services firm that we recently announced we acquired, was clearly an example of that. Really That's a great really, example. Really very good at what they do, and a really good cultural fit for the for the business as well. But also probably very little overlap. Very little overlap. I mean, obviously a, a natural adjacency for us. Mm-hmm. Adjacency, but um, not an overlap. But not an overlap at all, actually. Um, and we've gotten really good, a really good reaction from our customers and from the market with that. Uh, about a year and a half ago, we also acquired a company called DocuVision, and and that really moved us into the kind of the document automation software space in a big way. Um, and that's that's the business or the, the the capability now that we have to go into these manual, paper-intensive, broken, in many cases, processes in an organization and convert them to electronics and automate them and streamline them and, you know, save a company a lot of time and hassle. So if you, if you think about what we do now, you know, our category is office technology. Mm-hmm. We're a full-service office technology provider now. And the three areas that we're really focused on, first, innovative office equipment, that's still our core business and something mm-hmm. that we're, we're clearly very focused on and, 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 and going to continue to be focused on. The second area is is this uh, full suite of tech, uh, tech, uh, technology services, um, and the Infotech acquisition really moved us aggressively in that direction. And the third area is document document automation solutions, and that was really the DocuVision acquisition. Okay. And in terms of the core business, uh, why don't you tell our listeners what brands of equipment you specialize in? Our our uh, our primary uh, multifunction device MFP uh, brand is Konikman Ulta. We are the uh, we're we're one of the largest national dealers of Konikman Ulta equipment, and they, we have a very strong relationship and a very strong partnership with them. We also do a lot with Lexmark on the printer side, mm-hmm. and you know the, the the equipment is important, and the equipment you know there, there's definitely a differentiation associated with 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 the equipment and the brands of, of the manufacturers, um, and our our our, our Konikman Ulta relationship is very strong. We think that, you know, that's only one piece of it, though. Really, the, the programs that we deliver, the service that we provide, the total solution that we're able to develop for our customers and deliver on every day, that's really where the rubber meets the road for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. Sandler, uh, probably five or six years ago, went through one of our first global accounts was uh, Konica Minolta. Okay. And that training program was exclusively extended to management employees. Hmm. Then did they then roll it out to the entire organization? Konica Minolta stopped. Oh, really? Okay. Stopped spending money. <laughs> because it was going to be much more expensive to roll it out to uh everyone. Um as opposed to today, one of our larger clients is Mass Mutual. Okay. And Mass Mutual did did the training at the beginning for their own people and then the management people, but they've extended the training down to every street salesperson of financial services at uh, Mass Mutual, and uh, their their algorithm is that anyone who wants to be in the training, they want in the training, and they'll pay a, a large share of the cost, mm-hmm. but everyone's got to have skin in the game. Yeah, that's smart. That's well, smart. That, that's the way people change. Well, companies make a mistake a lot of times of, uh, uh, you know, times get a little tough, and the first things they cut are, are you know, the training, the development of their people, mm-hmm. and that's, a, in my opinion at least, that's a fatal flaw. That's when you need to really double down. The, the, your only sustainable competitive advantage is, is your people and your culture. Uh, and, uh, you know, to, to, to de-invest in, in the talent and the capability of your folks um, during difficult times, I think, is a, is a strategic mistake that companies often make. Mm-hmm. We have a, a policy here that we don't train any, begin training on any company, uh, you know, bigger than one or two people without testing, profiling everyone on the team to find out who's trainable, who are the A's, the B's, and the C's. Mm-hmm. The C's aren't trainable, uh, or they're going to be next year's D's. Uh, 
So we suggest let's make some changes. They might like the customer service department as opposed to the sales department. Um, that's always a, uh, a an interesting problem. But there are a lot of A-level a salespeople out there today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, actually, are you hiring new salespeople at uh, ProSource? We absolutely are. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, what are the uh, opportunities that you see in the marketplace? We see, uh, we, we really see a lot of opportunity. Um, we, we've recently rolled out, like I said, an aggressive growth plan, five-year growth plan that, that combines very uh, aggressive organic growth. Uh, and we were up 34% organically in the first quarter of this year. So we're delivering on that organic growth piece, really complementing that with strategic acquisitions and acquisitions in, in new market segments. So uh, it's our clear objective to be the, the, the clear Midwest leader in the office technology space over the next three to five years really build upon the leadership position that we have in the in the, in the current region that we're participating in. Um, we're going to continue to build uh, build on our solutions portfolio to have a bigger and broader impact on our customers. You know, all our, all our strategy work, our five-year plan and our operating plan that translates down into the current year, the current quarter, the current month, the current week is all geared towards, is all geared around our customers and what are we doing for them? How are we delivering for them? Um, we're going to continue to move into new markets. Uh, we'll do that both organically, uh, but we'll also do it through acquisition. So mm-hmm. we've we've gone out publicly and said we're we have intentions to go into Indiana, Indiana in a bigger way, Kentucky in a bigger way, and uh, West Virginia as well. So we have intentions of moving into those new market segments, and uh, that's that's not a secret. I've said that publicly already. West Virginia is a pretty strong marketplace with the uh, oil money coming in. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, like, like I said. It, it's going to be a combination of organic growth and, and acquisitions, but it's really all centered around our customers. And what, what, you know, how can we have a bigger impact on them by adding, you know, more and more powerful solutions to the portfolio? And how can we move into new geog- geographies to do the good things that we do in other places? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you in the education market? We are. Classroom uh, aids, electronic boards, and that kind of stuff? We are. We have full solutions for the education space, have a lot of really good uh, school clients in the area as well. Okay. Interesting. Uh, you said you had a, a, a strategic uh, plan that's five years long. Mm-hmm. Uh, how often do you adjust the plan? You know, it's got to be very flexible, obviously. In this marketplace, yeah. yeah. I mean, markets change, opportunities come up. You've got to be flexible. But flexible, in my opinion, at least flexible, doesn't mean you just wing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to set a clear path, um, paint a clear picture in terms of, you know, where you're going to go as a company, get everyone's hearts and minds behind it. Um yeah, and then and then and then kind of lay out that plan. We have we have a process we call the flight plan process, mm-hmm. which is really um, yeah, it, it's it's a five year strategic planning process, but it really translates down into you know what what's the five year vision and strategy, but how does that translate into an operating plan that's very tactical, and how do you bridge the gap between you know five year strategic vision and you know the operating plan that you need to deliver on this year, this quarter, this month, this week. Um, how do you how do you really connect those those things and make sure that you're executing? And how do you also align it with the cadence of the business to where you know every day, every week, every month, every quarter, you're you're making sure that everyone is completely aligned around executing on the things that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that that the company's made a lot of progress on and is doing doing a nice job with. Mm-hmm. You indicated that you're planning on going into places like Indiana. Do you mean Indianapolis? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Are, are you, so right are, now we're, we're we're in Indiana, but just parts of Indiana kind of that aren't they're they're closer sur- to Cincinnati. suburban Cincinnati. You know, yeah, basically. You got to be in Lawrenceburg or Rising Star, basically. Uh, but when you go into the Indianapolis marketplace, you're two hours out. Uh, are you planning on acquiring someone there or, or staffing your own? And, and, and fighting it out on the uh, on the sales turf. Yeah, it, it depends on the it depends on the situation, but uh, the, the the primary motion will be acquisitions in those new markets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our, our 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 business model, like I said, is very customer and it's also very market intimate. So we're not going to just go and you know go an inch deep in in a, in a million different markets. We're pretty deliberate about which markets we are going to move into. And we we're, we're deeply involved in the Dayton market. We're deeply involved in the Cincinnati market as we move into new markets. That whole market intimate approach, where we're really getting involved in the community, is going to be you know continue to be an important part of what we do. Mm-hmm. Are you in the Columbus market? We're not. Interesting. We're not. We do a little bit of work up in the Columbus market today. 
Why don't we take a another short commercial break here? We're going to listen to a San Rule, and we'll be back in about two minutes. I'm Roger Wentworth with Sandler Training, and I'm going to talk to you today about rule number 25. If you want to know the future, bring it back to the present. You see, it's a common scenario that prospects ask us to do some work prior to really engaging with us. It might be groundwork, it might be an estimate with some solutions, it might be a site survey, it might be a working diagram with some detailed analysis of how we're going to solve their problems. And in our eagerness to please them, we jump at the chance because it allows us to show our expertise. The problem is, we don't really know what's going to happen next. You see, your prospects want to know what you know without making any commitment to you whatsoever. And the typical salesperson is willing to do that. That's when they become an unpaid consultant. So if you want to know the future, bring it back to the present. When they ask you to do one of these bits of work, play the let's pretend game. It sounds like this. Okay, Bob, let's pretend we do that. And our solution fits everything you need. And it really works well for you. What happens next? Now, as a side note, make sure you define everything. But when you ask this question, what happens next? Watch your prospect closely because what they're about to do is to tell the future. The rule is, if you want to know the future, bring it back to the present. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Brad Cates of ProSource. Brad, if someone wanted to get a hold of ProSource after the show is over, how do they get a hold of uh, you or the company? Give us a call. <laughs> we we love it. We'd love to hear from you. Um, number is uh, I'll give you I'll give you the, the 800 number 800-842-7636, 800-842-7636, or uh, obviously you can visit us online at uh, totalprosource.com. That's good. Uh, how often do you guys actually update your website? Um, funny you should say that. We're kind of in the process of doing that right now. Um, in the past, I think we've continuously kind of tweaked it here and there, but right now we've we've uh, put a pretty significant investment in our marketing capabilities. We brought on a, a, a real A-player marketing vice president to, mm-hmm. to, to lead the effort, um, and uh, she's going through the process of really uh, revamping the website um, so it so more effectively uh, communicates what we do and also using it as a vehicle for lead generation, demand generation. We've rolled out a digital marketing uh, strategy to really try and um, – you know, promote the business in the in the marketplace, obviously, but also drive leads and drive demand into the business uh, through multi-channel campaigns and leveraging technology along with other other marketing uh, uh, or campaign tactics to to engage with new customers. Are you uh, using an outside company for search engine optimization? Um, or are you doing that internally? We're doing it internally. Well, that's a good idea. Yeah, we're doing it internally. Uh, what do you think people are really looking for right now who are in looking for office technology? Um, I think uh, people are looking for advantage. Companies are looking for advantage. And uh, that can mean a lot of different things to different types of companies. Mm-hmm. But um, there's there's so much out there in terms of, you know, what's what's the right what's the right techno- technology strategy, ranging from high level, what's the right technology strategy to take us to a new place and help us compete and win in our market, um, all the way down to, you know, what's the best office equipment choice for for, for what I'm trying to accomplish? Or, um, Certainly you know, right. how can I take advantage of other capabilities that are out there without spending a fortune and building a, a massive team and infrastructure to support it? So I think I think any any company who's looking to leverage technology to compete and win in their market um, is 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 interested in having a conversation about what's possible. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what do you think is the the most popular of the new office technology uh, technologies that people should be thinking about implementing? You know, 15, 20 years ago, uh, we were all pushed into creating our own websites and. What's the next thing that you see on the horizon? Well, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of 
uh, interest right now around a mobile strategy. Companies having a mobile strategy, so a lot of folks want to spend a lot of you know spend a lot of time thinking through that and and, and developing plans and strategies to take advantage of mobile to drive their business. Obviously, big data is uh, a mega trend in the industry right now uh, across multiple industries right mm-hmm. now. And a, the ability to leverage data effectively for advantage. The analytics. It, yeah, the analytics piece. And, um, you know, a lot of our customers are, you know, small, mid-size. And when I say mid-size, these are some very large, good-sized companies. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what they're interested in is how, how can they get access to kind of best-in-class technology, whether it's office equipment, whether it's, you know, mobile, mobile strategy, whether it's, uh, disaster recovery, uh, programs. Um, how can they get access to that best practice capability, um, but do it in a way to where they don't have to be the expert and they don't have to uh, build a massive in- infrastructure to support it? Okay. Uh, you know, it, it, even the simple stuff in the technology becomes hard. I think we all carry around uh, iPhones or Android phones. A few people might carry even the Windows 8 phones. Uh <laughs> But I, I don't even know how, and I'm a, a tech, tech geek, uh, I don't even know how to print a screen on my phone. Yeah. I'm sure there's technology mobile, out there. Yeah, there is. Mo- mobile printing. A lot of companies, you're not, you're not unusual. A lot of companies are wondering how they can integrate mobile printing into their, into their office and business workflow. And that's something that we, you know, we help folks with all the time. Good, good. But you're not in the cellular business per se. No, no. No, we're not. I don't know. No desire to be either. <laughs> <laughs> it's a strange business. Uh, product life cycle seems to, seems to have gone down to about three months. Yeah, and that's a that's a hard business to be in. Why don't you tell us about a complex problem? We have a theory of operation here that simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. So perhaps you can share with our audience a complex problem that you were confronted with, either here at ProSource or prior employer, Standard Register, that you came up with a complex solution for that might be applicable in theory of operation to another industry? That's a good good question. I think probably one that we already hit on a little bit would be the, the challenge all companies face with bridging the gap between long-term kind of strategic vision and strategy and, you know, what do we need to execute on today to begin to really make sure we're, to have confidence we're moving in that direction. Mm-hmm. So bridging the, the the gap between long-term strategic vision uh, and 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 you know kind of your your daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annual operating plan, and that's something that um, we've spent a lot of time on. And you know you can have the greatest strategy in the world if you don't execute on it, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So um, you know with 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 the the flight plan approach that I mentioned mentioned earlier, we're able to. Um, you know, lay out that strategic vision, be really clear in terms of what needs to be accomplished, you know, every year, both, both strategically and financially to, to, to end up where we intend to end up in five years, but then kind of back in to a step down operating plan that says, here's exactly what we need to accomplish this year. And here's how we're going to do it. Here's who's responsible for it. Here's, here's the time frame by which we're going to do it. Um, here's what we're, here's how that annual operating plan translates into this quarter. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Here's who owns it. Here's how we're going to, going to deliver on it. Here's how we're going to measure whether we're doing it or not. Uh, and here, you know, here's that quarterly plan translates in, down to this month, and and then back that up with a with a consistent you know cadence that says you know everyone across the organization is going to be kind of rowing in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that might be a good example of you know all, all companies face it. It's 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 a it's a challenge for any company, but. If you can, if you can, if you can connect those two things, you know, strategically from a vision perspective, where are you going, mm-hmm. and how are you going to get there from your operating plan and cadence? You're you can really, you really gain advantage. Your operating monthly budget, quarterly budget, annual budget. Yep. And see that that matches what you had in your strategic plan. Right. Well, yeah, and sy- syncing up your operating plan and your and your longer term strategy with the financial budgeting process, just making sure all that aligns and that, and most importantly, that everyone understands it in the, in the organization and across the entire company, no matter what seat they're in, they understand it. And very importantly, they understand how they can participate in it. Mm -hmm. Do you have company-wide meetings on a regular basis to get everyone to understand? We do. We do. We have, uh, we have, we have, uh, you know, we have huddles across the company every day, Mm -hmm. basically every morning, 715, my team gets together for a huddle. Um, 
may sound a little obsessive, but we uh, we it works for us. It's realistic. Um, and realistic. Uh, you know, then we have we have monthly meeting, you know, weekly meetings across the company. Monthly means all company meeting. We get everyone together on a monthly or quarterly basis just to talk about where we're going and how we're doing. And you know, I, I'm not I'm not a huge meeting person either. Mm-hmm. I want to I want if we're gonna have a meeting, it needs to be short, you know, kind of kind of on task and uh, meaningful. Uh, we don't want to meet just to meet. Um, that's the one of the nice, really nice things about ProSource. It's grown into a pretty good sized company, but it's still very entrepreneurial, very spirited, very competitive. They they like to we like to spend most of our time either in the market trying to bring in business mm-hmm. or in the market taking care of our customers. So, Brad, do you go out uh, and help your sales team on individual accounts? Oh, absolutely. So I came from a sales background, yeah. and uh, I still love to do it. I guess that was one of the secrets that uh, George Schaefer had at Fifth Third Bank. He would be out on sales calls, mm-hmm. bringing in new business. We trained his son. Okay. It was uh, it was a funny experience. Funny because at the time I didn't know who George Schaefer was. <laughs> And I got his son as a client on a referral from another guy. Could he sell? Uh, no, named Castellini. Oh, okay. Another name I'd never heard of before. <laughs> uh, perhaps uh, we've got a, a couple of minutes here before the next break. You can give our, our listeners a leadership tip. You've been leading uh, divisions and companies for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps you have a leadership tip you could share with the audience. Um, I appreciate your comments around, you know, a lot of times simple solutions aren't complete and, you know, problems are complex. Business can be complex. And so you need to really think through what, you know, think through your solution in a, in a, in a, in a holistic way or in an entire way. I, I agree with that. Um, but I'm a huge proponent of keeping it simple, you know, and, and, and finding, you know, if you can find a, a complex solution, but you can, you can simplify it and you can simplify more importantly how you're describing it and how you're executing on it. I find that to be pretty powerful. So I guess one leadership tip would be, you know, think through the situation long and hard enough to 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 to, to keep it simple. Break it down into the pieces. Break it down into pieces and keep you know you know keep it simple. Focus on your customers. Focus on your people. Focus on building a winning culture. Take the time required to reinforce your culture. I've I've I was I've been really really lucky to join a company like ProSource that has. A pretty unusual culture, unusual in a positive way. Very, very customer oriented, very fun, spirited, very big on celebration. But the company over the years has really taken the time to build that. Mm-hmm. And as we grow and as we expand the business and as we, 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 we get bigger and bigger, that's something we're going to protect, you know, emphatically. That's it, it, like I said earlier, it's our, it's really your people and your culture. It's kind of it's kind of fluffy and it's hard to describe, but it is truly I really believe it's your only competitive advantage. You can copy our technology, you can move into the same markets we're moving into, you can get access to the same equipment in some cases. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's your people and it's your culture that really give you advantage. Mm-hmm. And so you got to take the time to invest in it. Yeah, we have a a policy here. Uh, we we say that we have to be honest with every client. We have to have integrity, which means that our conversations are totally private. And uh, we believe in keeping commitments, even after the spirit in which they were given is gone. Uh, and then we judge people and companies by not the commitments they make, but the ones that they keep. And you know, I've been surprised by certain companies that have high growth rates that, that fail that little test. Hmm. And so they're not Roth & Associates clients anymore. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a little commercial break here, Brad, and we'll be back in about two minutes. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. You've heard our commercials about sales and sales management, but you haven't made the call for some reason. Maybe you're having your best year ever. Maybe you think a sales development company won't work in your industry. You're different. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Maybe you're afraid that if you called, you'd buy something. If you're happy with all your sales and profits and believe you have all the answers or simply don't see yourself investing in yourself or your people, then don't make the call. We have nothing for you. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, mentoring, business owners, and sales professionals who are serious about their careers. So if you believe that Sandler Sales Training might make you better, faster, meaner, and stronger, call me at 513-646-6523 or register for our next open house. Roth & Associates, the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. You can check us at www.rothconsulting.net. 
company owners and sales managers. Are you sick and tired of hiring a salesperson you think is Tom Cruise only to get Pee Wee Herman on the first day of the job? Call me, Mike Roth, 513-646-6523 to stop this from happening to you again. This is Mike Roth with Sandler Training, finding power and reinforcement. Are you tired of prospects saying, I want to think it over? Are you tired of being an unpaid consultant? Call me at 513-646-6523 on the web at rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Brad Case. Brad, you brought up an interesting subject before break, uh, company culture. And that that's such a hard thing for a, a lot of people to understand, especially in, in smaller companies or smaller silos of larger companies. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you think corporate culture should be and what it is at ProSource? Well, um, as far as what it should be, I think every company has its own kind of unique culture. Um, I've, I've found, personally, I've found the best ones um, are focused, very focused externally and very focused on their customers, uh, very focused on their people. And there's a kind of a, a, a one team and an esprit de corps uh, of, of, of the best organizations, whether it's a company or whether it's whatever type of organization. Uh, at ProSource, like I said, um, I was I was surprised. I knew it was a great company when I, before I joined, but I was surprised at the power of the culture. Um, and a lot of that is the result of, you know, what, what what Ben Russert and what the other folks who've been in the company a long time have really, they've really invested in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say if I was going to describe the culture in simple terms, um, it's, 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 it's a, it's unique. I'll give, I'll give you that, but it's very centered on our, our customers, our people and winning. Um, and, uh, it's, 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 it's a very fun culture that the group, um, when you go to the company Christmas party or you go to, uh, there, there, there's, there, there's constantly events, um, that are occurring where the, the group genuinely likes to spend time together. Doesn't mean there's not normal friction that you have in any business, mm-hmm. but there's a strong kind of one team and a spree to core culture that uh, I found to be pretty unique. Um, you know, it, it's also highly competitive. There's a lot of ex-athletes in the organization. We measure everything. It's very much a, a sales and market-driven uh, environment where every day you're looking at um, how everyone's doing, you know, and how everyone's doing in terms of everyone else. You know, there's a lot of rankings and, 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 and a massive focus on celebration and recognizing top performance, um, but also accountability for underperformance. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that, uh, you know, that combined with, you know, the, what the company does to pull everyone together. So mm-hmm. you, you don't have silos in administration and silos in sales. We just had last week something that we call our blitz. It's something we've been doing for 28 years. And we have a lot of fun with it, and there's always a theme, and, you know, we do wacky things and kind of make ourselves look silly. But it's an important part of the company culture. And and, and for four days, we're working, you know, 24-7, basically. We're all together. We have events every night. During the day, we're going out, and we're trying to close business and, you know, solve customer problems. What's wacky things mean? Well, um, I wasn't going to go into this. <laughs> this, 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 this most recent one was a uh, – was a a wild wild west theme mm-hmm. so you know you had a lot of cowboys around you had you, you had a mechanical bull at one point um it's just you know fun things that the company can do together um the whole spirit is around growing the business and taking care of your customers but 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 finding ways to spend spend time together uh and and have a little bit of fun make a little bit of fun of yourself you know don't mm-hmm. take yourself too seriously um but that's been an important part of you know, building this kind of team-oriented, people-oriented, customer-oriented culture. Uh, and like I said, I, 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 I absolutely believe everything else from any company can be copied except for, you know, the spirit of your people and your culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounded like you were using a CRM system. Which one are you using? What made, how did you pick up CRM out of that? Out of curiosity. Dashboard and you keep oh, track yeah. of every, what, yeah. what everyone is doing. Well, we, we, we currently use SalesLogix. We do, we do have a CRM. Mm-hmm. We have a, we have a dashboard that we look at during those 7.15 a.m. huddles. Mm-hmm. My, my executive team gets together and we're looking at a dashboard every morning of kind of the major, uh, performance indicators of the business. We said, what, are, what are the six most important things we need to always have our eyes you on? You keep performance indicators. Absolutely. We and what are they? Well, they're everything ranging from, um, leads being generated, generated by the business. 
proposals and kind of leading indicator activity to the mm-hmm. business development cycle. Um, obviously, closed business, pipeline, um, all the way down to operational metrics like how effectively are we delivering on behalf of our customers? What are our service response times? Mm-hmm. How quickly are we solving our customers' problems when they have a problem? Um, how quickly are we billing? Uh, and and how effectively with 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 accuracy are we billing for our customers? We just had an incident here where a vendor was 80 days late in billing us. Oh yeah, well you, you, that's there's that's not surprising. But I guess the point is we're we, never going to use that vendor again. <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess the point is you got you got to you know you got to identify what are the what are the important metrics of the business and you got to make sure you have control of them. Now, that's interesting. Uh, Probably 10 years ago, the first CRM system that Sandler created, an add-on set of modules uh, for the Sandler selling system, was Salesforce. Mm-hmm. Uh, today we have uh, Microsoft CRM Act, which was really the starting point of, yep. of sales of uh, sales logic, and uh, I've lost one. Salesforce Act, Microsoft CRM, and we have a a Java-based okay. solution, which can be added to many other of the CRMs out there today. I've used uh, I've, I've used them all, or not all. I've used several of. I've used uh, Salesforce. I've used Siebel. I've deployed both of those across a pretty large sales organization. Right now, we're using SalesLogics. The the CRM is just as good, is only as good as the process that you put around it and the rigor that you put around. I mean, it's 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 all the stuff that everyone knows. It's it's a tool. It's a tool. People have to use the tool. You have to use the tool, and also you have to, as a company, you have to make sure that the tool is useful mm-hmm. to the reps versus, you know, just uh, something for you to see what's going on. It's actually got to add value to what they're doing for it to really work, in my opinion. Otherwise, they won't do it. Right. They'll just say it's extra work. Um, are you thinking of adding uh, extra salespeople this year? We are. We're actually um, constantly interviewing and hiring salespeople. Um you know, part of it is we always want to have a virtual bench of, of of talented folks. The correct sales management mode to have a bench. Yeah, absolutely. Someone decides he wants to move to Vegas to be a dealer. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 also, you know, when you, as you're doing that, if you find the right person, you 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 create a space for them. Mm-hmm. You know, so we are we're we're always in the market for for good salespeople that want to build a you know build a sales career. Good. Uh, and you're looking for. Just beginners or at all levels? We're, we're, we're generally looking at all levels. Mm-hmm. I would say our primary motion are folks that have, um, limited experience, uh, that we can bring on board and we can train and we can develop and we can build them into, you know, highly capable sales folks. Um, but we also, you know, have, have brought on with a lot of success industry veterans who, you know, we have a, we have a, a, a pretty, pretty good sized group of industry veterans on the team right now. And they're phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had, you know, kind of success going both ways. Uh, I've seen it work where you're only focused exclusively on bringing in kind of, uh, younger and experienced folks and, and, and really investing in them and de- developing them and training them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also seen, uh, experienced folks work that work out too. Yeah. A couple of years ago, we, uh, we were working with, uh, a salesman who should remain nameless. He was a high school music teacher got on at Cisco in their uh, large systems division where the minimum sale was a million dollars and average uh, selling cycle was 18 months to 36 months. He was given 12 accounts and told to go to it. So he joined our Sandler training program as a President's Club member. And at the end of the first 12 months, he closed two accounts for a total of uh, about $3 million. You know what reward Cisco did for him in the second year? What? They cut his territory in half. He said, you can get to keep six accounts. Oh, we're doubling your quota. <laughs> you know what happened next, the third year? What? They uh, they cut them again, and they said, in the third year, this time you're only going to have one account, and we're doubling your quota. And they said, Mike, what should I do? I said, go back into the negotiation with your boss and say, I get to pick which one account I keep. <laughs> he went in and he kept the, P- the P&G account. Okay. <laughs> So he so did, it worked out. It worked out real well for him. Yeah, he got, he got out of the healthcare industry. Uh, we don't have a lot of time left. Uh, what do you think are the most important things that a potential customer should do to figure out which technology vendor to use? How should they do it? Um, I would say probably the most important thing is to speak with a lot of other customers. 
and make sure that um, you know one, one you got you got to find a, a a company that you're comfortable with. You got to find a team that you're comfortable with. Um, someone or a company that can bring ideas um, and can also deliver on those ideas. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, there's obviously, and there's a lot of really good companies that, that, that do what we do and, you know, do things outside of our current space as well. I would say, um, as you're selecting suppliers, um, you know, as companies are selecting suppliers, really kicking the tires, looking, looking hard at where they've delivered on the things that they're talking about, how their customers talk about them, how involved their customers are in, you know, uh, in their selling process, are they using them as references? Do they, mm-hmm. have, do they give you total access to them? Do they really encourage you to go visit them and spend time with them? No, that's when, a good point. Go when you're not in the room, when the when the when the person who's trying to sell to you isn't in the room, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where the rubber meets the road. Yeah, that's real good. We we kind of make the same recommendation when people are looking at a sales training organization. Brad, I want to thank you for uh, coming in today, and uh, what I'm doing here is giving you a copy of. One of the Sandler books, the 49 Sandler Rules. Thank you. You'll find in there a, a couple of free training passes, a copy of our calendar where we do 40 hours a month training here, uh, and a couple of million dollars. All right, I get freebies, huh? You get freebies. And uh, I'm also going to give you this short book, the, uh, the briefing on the, uh, the Sandler Selling System, Why Salespeople Fail and What to Do About It. And uh, Sandler's been doing this for, I don't know, he's been, he did it for about 50 years. And... Uh, I've been at it for 25, and it's worked for a lot of people. Thank uh, you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for being here. Uh, Scott, why don't you take it away? Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513 753 9400.